This is not a test. This is a public service announcement brought to you by Power Company Climbing. This is not a test. Maybe don't know. Maybe don't. This time, 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 What's up, everybody? I'm your host, Chris Hampton. Welcome to the Power Company Podcast, brought to you by PowerCompanyClimbing.com. So a couple of days ago, I saw an Instagram post that showed a box of chalk blocks from the mountain equipment company Camp. They were advertising that their chalk contained rosin. At first, I thought this was a joke product that someone had photoshopped. I assumed that most climbers were aware of the issues that rosin has been accused of causing on rock and that it was widely frowned upon by the community. A quick search, however, showed that it wasn't a joke and this product is available at many online retailers. Um, I shared the post questioning how a product like this made it all the way to store shelves and I was pretty surprised by the responses. Many people just assumed it was a good idea that rosin and chalk sounds like uh, an advancement and they were excited to try it. The majority of those people expressed surprise when I relayed what I'd heard about rosin use on rock and thanked me for the info. I assumed everyone knew, hence this PSA. So first, let me say this. All I really have here is anecdote, but that's also, all we have when we assume that brushing holds helps. Um, we actually do have science that says if a hold is already chalked up, we lose friction by also chalking our hands, but we continue to chalk our hands before climbing anyway. Speaking of which, we'll be looking at that science on the Breaking Beta podcast later this season, so stay tuned for that. So, is anecdote and common sense enough? Well, it is for me. But let's explore it a bit, and you can come to your own conclusions. Like any other issue that isn't cut and dry, and frankly, many that are, the debate around the use of rosin has two sides. And the most heated arguments are based in the forests of Fontainebleau, France, where rosin or resin is known as poth. It was first used there sometime in the early 1930s and is used specifically to make climbing on the slopey sandstone more manageable, to increase friction. And the way it was then and still sometimes is used by the Bloussards, as the locals are known, is that dried chunks of pine tree resin are wrapped and tied into the end of a rag and that rag is then hit against the rock on both hand and footholds as well as on shoes. It makes a pof sound when it hits the rock, hence the name. 
Many people claim that this path eventually creates an even more slippery black surface in places where it's overused. And the only way to then get friction there is to use more path. Vicious circle. Of course, the Blussards put the blame on chalk, saying that once that came into prominent usage, the chalk began to fill in the pores of the soft sandstone and caused a slick surface not to mention the unsightly white blotches everywhere. So it's a big argument that has, you know, very often devolves into finger pointing and name calling and even threats. So we do know that chalk can have an adverse effect on friction when used in excess. And while I couldn't find any research on the specific results of POF or rosin on friction, I did find a study that looked at compression deformation in that same Fontainebleau sandstone. Um, they very specifically in this study used a thin layer of pine resin, same stuff as POF, on the rock to create an impermeable to liquid, flat and smooth surface for their testing. Also, this same pine resin is the key ingredient in many varnishes because it does, in fact, dry to a very hard, protective, smooth surface. It's sticky when it's in contact with your hands. Um, the, the temperature of your skin causes it to be a little sticky, but when put on rock, dries into a varnished surface. Now, I'm definitely not saying that chalk is more environmentally friendly. It has its own issues. All I'm saying here is that POF, resin, or rosin, whichever name you choose to call it, is the likely culprit when it comes to smooth, glassy holds, particularly in font. Of course, there's also the POF plus chalk mixture to contend with, and who knows if that makes things even worse. Probably does. Regardless of which evils are the worst evils, the climbing community in general, those who are in the know, particularly outside of font, has largely been against the use of POF and has largely accepted chalk usage. Though, again, that's something we should look deeper into along with whether brushing after every attempt is actually helpful. We're making assumptions there too. Now, I want to make it clear that this episode is not some rant against camp for producing the chalk, though I do think they should have been more aware of the stance shared by most experienced climbers. The company 8C Plus makes a similar type of block chalk with resin in it, and I'm sure there are many others. And of course, it's not just block chalk that we need to be looking at here. Liquid chalk is also of concern, maybe, maybe particular concern. Um, especially since the pandemic caused many gyms to go liquid chalk only, which dramatically raised the demand for liquid chalk. It's, it's very easy to find white label liquid chalk. I know this because as a small business owner, I've looked into it myself. And many companies did exactly this to cash in on that demand. Many of these white label liquid chalks you guessed it, and I know this because I've looked into them, contain pine resin. This is largely because it's cheaper to produce liquid chalk with resin in it as a thickener that also holds the chalk particles in suspension. This type of liquid chalk has long been used by musicians and athletes and many others to increase the dryness while also improving grip. And, you know, if they want to cake their violin or their discus with resin, 
that's totally their prerogative. However, it's not very hard to imagine how this rosin-infused liquid chalk could very easily end up outdoors, caking the holds of popular routes and boulders. And even indoors, where new holds, in my opinion, could use some loss of texture and friction, it's caused some issues. In a Climbing Magazine article, author Hannah Mitchell says, Route setters claimed that in as little as one to two weeks, V2 blocks would become anywhere up to V5 climbs simply because of the lack of friction. The introduction of resin-free alternatives has brought about a welcome reduction in the time and cost associated with the deep cleaning methods that are required to remove resin. Now, for the sake of training, I view polished indoor holds as a good thing. I seek them out for my home wall. But commercial gyms certainly may not, and, and we don't want to see it that way outside. As I went exploring further and further down this rabbit hole, I was surprised, actually, at the number of companies who put rosin in their liquid chalk. Uh, Black Diamond, Petzl, Mammut, several others, while some companies like Friction Labs Evolve and Wild Country are specific about the fact that they don't use rosin. And there are also companies out there like Midnight Lightning and Chalk Rebels who are doing their best to be as eco-friendly as they can, and they are openly speaking out against resin usage and overuse of chalk. Um, many companies make no mention at all of whether they do or don't use resin, and they don't publish their ingredients list in an easy-to-find place. So I'm not going to try to give you an exhaustive list, but I do think you should check for yourself. And that's one thing that maybe Camp and the others that I mentioned here that are using resin, Black Diamond, Petzl, Mammut, um, maybe that's one of the things they're doing a good job of here. You know what you're getting. They aren't trying to hide it at all. It is a little concerning how many new climbers will just blindly trust these companies to give them the best product for them. So if you're on the hunt to see if your liquid or block chalk contains resin or rosin, be sure to check for the ingredient colophony. It's the same stuff, um, could be called colophonium. Um, there are several names. If there's an ingredient you don't recognize, do some searching to find out what it might be. I mean, we're smearing this stuff all over the rocks that we hold so dear. So maybe we should know a little more about it. Basically, it's up to you. Make your own decisions with the knowledge that the general climbing community, regardless of what these companies are selling, frowns upon rosin usage in the outdoors, and chalk itself is something we still need to grapple with. Okay, you guys know where to find us, powercompanyclimbing.com. You can find us on the Facebooks, Instagrams, YouTubes, at Power Company Climbing. If you're interested in knowing more about what science says about climbing, check out the Breaking Beta podcast. You can find links to that and to several articles about the use of POF and resin in climbing chalk right there in the show notes in your pocket supercomputers. And as always, share this with your friends on all your social medias, even your Twitter. However, we will not see it because we don't tweet. We scream like eagles.